0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. With, the, with that, will you please stand with me as we get ready to go into the Word. And how many are excited about today? Amen. Amen. I'm excited. I have a Word today that goes along with the theme for today. What's our theme for today? Love? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want you to open your Bibles with me to John chapter 3, verse 16. John chapter 3, verse 16. You know, in all the time that I, I've been preaching, and I've been uh, preaching since. 1994, 1993, I've never preached a message on John 3.16. I've always used it as a reference point in the the message, but we're going to preach about John 3.16 today. This is, I've entitled this message, Please Hold for an Important Message from God. Amen. John 3, 16, it reads like this. You everybody have it? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Let's, Let's repeat it together. Up here on the board, up here on the screen, we all have it. Let's just repeat it together. Okay, ready? For God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. Lord, as always, I always ask that you just grace me with clarity of speech to deliver your word. That you open our hearts and minds, Lord, uh, to receive your word and to apply it to our lives so that we will be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. I ask this in the name of your son Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Have a seat. Uh the other day, well, one day the phone rang and uh, at the house and and, uh, and our landline and I answered it and you know, sometimes you answer it and you're like, "Hello, hello," you know, and And after several seconds of of silence on the other end of the line, I heard a "Please hold for an important message or from important information." How many of you got in that call before? And and I'm sure I did. What most of you have probably done with these wonderful calls from telemarketers? We hung up, right? I hung up, and uh, I didn't find out any information uh, of what they were offering, or uh, maybe they were wanted to offer me solar panels, or maybe they wanted to offer me new windows, or patio furniture, or uh, more time on more data for my phone, or, or new internet. Whatever it was, I didn't get to hear this uh, spectacular information that they had for me, right, because I'd hung up on them, and, and I'm never going to know what it was, uh, and, and that's a good thing, because I don't want to know, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, it seems like everybody today they're, they want something from us, right? Everybody wants us to lend our ears to them. Uh, the media wants us to wants our ear, and uh, right now, politicians want our ear, uh, advertisers want our ear. Uh, most of of these uh, are words and opinions and details that we really don't want to hear. Uh, but there is one person who wants to tell us something that I think we should really take the time to listen to, right? Uh, In this passage that we read, Jesus brings us an important message from God the Father. And he tells us something that we really need to listen to this morning. Uh, And uh, you can go ahead and dial me out, hang up on me, uh, but I would advise you to hold on to the line this morning. Amen? Hold on. Uh, and lend me your ear today because the Lord has something to say to us. Uh, So please hold for an important message from God. Okay, Uh, And that's what I want to preach about today. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. This verse was the very first verse that I memorized as a child. How many can That's the first verse everybody... Why is that? Why is it that that that's the first verse that we memorized? Once we become a Christian, that's the first verse that we memorize. Why? Because it's all about God's love, right? It's all about God's love. So, the source of love. What's God's source of love for us in this? What is God's message to us about love? The source of love is not a human love. It's not based on impure motives uh, because human love sometimes is selfish. It usually gives, it's given out on the basis of, uh, a, of a hope that you're going to receive something in return. But God's love is not like that at all. His love is always pure. It's always holy. It's always seeking what's best for the object that it loves. And that object is you and me. His love is given freely without hope of desire or anything in return. God loves because He is love. His love is never ending. His love never fails. In Jeremiah 31, 3, the Lord answered, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Right? His love is always given first. In 1 John 4 19, it says, We love because he first loved us. His love is precious beyond words. The scope of his love is that we are told that God so loved the world. The word so indicates the depth of his love, right? It describes the manner of his love for fallen men. It's a deep love that's motivated, and it's, it motivated him to send his son to die for the lost. It's, that's an uncommon love. This is God's love. Now, the object of God's great love is what? The world, you and I. We are the object of the love of God. And by that definition, this love, it's not an ordinary love. It's a special love that seeks to give itself away to you and I. And it shouldn't surprise us at all. shouldn't surprise us at all. To, to love is the very nature of God. God's very nature is to love. 1 John 4.16 says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Right? Regardless of the curveballs that we, that we find in our life, that we are encountered in, where, like I said before, we regardless of what situation we're in, regardless of what circumstance we find ourselves in, regardless of where we find ourselves in life, we need to know today that God loves you. Right? God loves you. I heard a lady a couple weeks ago who told me, it's been a long time since i felt the love of God. She has so much anger and so much frustration in her life, and I told her, you know what? I said, that's not true. God loves us regardless of where we are, regardless of what circumstance we're in. It's what I told that gentleman at work. I told him the other day, I said, regardless of what's going on in your life, I want you to know that God loves you. God loves us. We are the object of His affection, of His love. We, us, you and I, are the object of God's love. No one, no one is beyond that scope of his love. No one. It doesn't matter who it is. There's all kinds of people out there, all kinds of crime going on. The, the, there's all kinds of immorality going on, but it doesn't matter what they, where they are, what they're doing. They are not so far away that they cannot be reached by the love of God. The greatest thought that can grip our mind today is this thought that I used to sing about when I was about high, And it says, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Hmm. The second greatest thought is this, that there is nothing that you can do to make him stop loving you. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor hype nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us from from God. Nothing can make Him stop loving you. For those of you that have children... Is there anything that your children would do, could do, that would make you stop loving them? No, because you're their parents, right? There's nothing that we could do that would ever make God stop loving us because that's His nature to love. The sacrifice of His love, the true value of love, lies in what love is willing to do for the people that it loves. See, God's love, is, it's not self-centered. His love doesn't just sit quietly while men drop off into hell. His love prompted him to do something for the men that he loves. Many love, people love, but their love is misguided. Let me give you an example. There was this this man and and he, he he calls his girlfriend. He says, darling, I love you. I would cross the burning sands for you. I would fight a jungle full of lions for you. I would brave anything just to be with you because I love you. And if it doesn't rain tonight, I'll go over and see you. God's love, though, is seen as a gracious gift. God's love is seen in the gracious gift of Jesus Christ. God's love is seen in the, in the gracious gift that his son Jesus died on a cross. The death of Jesus, Christ was for sinners. The death of Christ for sinners is the greatest, most visible and absolute warning concerning God's love. His love for humanity. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died died for us amen Christ died for us we don't have to look any farther than the bloody cross of Calvary to see the extent of God's love for us 1st John 4 9 and 10 it says in this the love of God was manifested toward toward us That God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. He sent Him to be our substitute. That cross was meant for you and I. But what did He do? He sent His Son to take our place. That's a love of God right there. Because you and I deserve that death. You and I deserve to die on that cross. You and I deserve to go to hell. But God loved us so much that he sent his only son to die on a cross. That's the extent of God's love for us. You know, sometimes we need to be reminded of that. God has a message for us about life. In John 3, 16. God was not content to see man lost in sin. He wasn't content to watch humanity march itself into endless torment in hell. God declared man worthy of his love. Now I call that grace. What do you call it? I call that love. What do you call it? We're not talking about people that were friendly to God either. We're talking about people who the Bible declares that are God's enemy. And in spite of the sinful condition that we found ourselves in, in spite of the fact that natural man hates God and opposes God and everything that he stands for, God still finds value in human life. Why? Because he is love. The value that we attach to life as humans, it's seen all throughout. You can watch the news and you can see what the value of life is for humanity. Abortions, immorality, crime in the streets, people killing each other off. And people around you, they may question your worth. People around you may say, what are you worth? I'm worth enough that God died on a cross for me so that I wouldn't go to hell, but that I would go to heaven. God declares you worthy. God declares you worthy in Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish. God mentions the ultimate worry in life in John 3:16 and that is the word perish. That word means to destroy, to give over to the misery of hell. And there's no worry greater than cancer, or greater than losing a, a child in death, or greater than losing a mate. The most horrible thing that can happen to anyone is for them to live an entire life and not have a relationship with Jesus Christ and die and go to hell. That is the most horrible thing that can happen to anyone. Nothing in this world or eternity beyond that can compare with dying without Jesus. Why? Because the Bible says that those who die without Him, those who die without Jesus Christ, are on their way to hell. And there's no thought more horrible than going there, where there's no hope, no release, eternally separated from God. But that's going to be the fate of millions and millions of people. And yes, even, even religious people will be in hell. Because it's not about religion, it's about relationship. Not everyone will experience the flames of hell, according to John three sixteen. Those who are saved will enjoy eternal life, everlasting life. They are in a state of being in which they can never die. Because they know Jesus, because you know Jesus, and you know the Prince of Life, you will be alive forevermore. It's easy. The Apostle Paul said this way To be absent of the body is to be present with Christ. John 11, 25, and 26 says, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Death may claim these bodies, but our spirits, uh, the spirits of the redeemed will live on with Jesus in heaven. The difference between the saved one and the one who isn't is one word. There's only one word for that person. John five twelve it says, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Hmm. Do you know Him? If you do, know all about life. Yeah, if you do, you know all about life and, and what I'm trying to describe here. Because the moment that we were saved, we became a partaker of everlasting life. Of everlasting, eternal, new, and heavenly life. You know, I get tired of everybody saying, oh, I have, I'm going to have eternal life when I get to heaven. No, you know what? I have eternal life now. The moment I accepted Jesus into my life, I have eternal life now. My eternal life doesn't start when I get to heaven or when I die. My eternal life starts now. The second I said, Jesus, come into my life, that's when our eternal life starts. Because we will never die. Hmm? John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes uh, does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that you may have what? Life. And that, and that they may have it more what? Abundantly. Hmm. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you are saved, you know what he did for you, and you know whether or not he lives in you. Don't you think this is a message that everybody should hear? This is a message that everybody should hear. Everybody should know about Jesus. Hmm. There's a message about liability in John 3.16. Jesus says in John 3.16, there's a difference between a saved man who enjoys eternal life and the lost one who perishes wrapped up in the idea of belief. Salvation is, the plan of salvation has a very simple formula. Very simple formula for The plan of salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Acts 16, 31 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by, the, by grace you have been saved through faith, not that, uh, that, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Everyone in this room is trusting in something or someone this morning. And only a fool wants to go to hell. I believe that each person in this room has a hope of heaven, something that we believe in? You see, a saved man has trusted Jesus Christ, has trusted his finished work on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, and that is the only hope of salvation. The one who is lost has not trusted Jesus, and First John five twelve says, He who has the Son of life, he who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. People, they trust in many things like work, religion, church membership, or other things, but some people, they don't trust the one and only person that can save their soul. And that person is Jesus Christ. We need to give our life over to Jesus Christ in every possible way. 100% of our life should be given over to Jesus Christ. There's a liability a personal liability for each one of us. The truth of the matter is this. If you go to hell, you go there because you did not trust Jesus Christ as your savior. It's not going to be God's fault. It's not going to be the church's fault. That person will not be able to blame their blame their family or those hypocrites down the street at the church. Those people, if they die without Jesus, they have no one to blame but themselves. And some people trust, oh, my parents are praying for me, but you know what? Your parents can't make the decision for you. And some people think, oh, my kids are praying for me, but your kids cannot save you. No one can make that decision for you. Spouses cannot decide that for you. Friends cannot decide that for you. No one in this room can do that for you. Every person that that wants to go to heaven has to decide that on their own. If you want to be saved and go to heaven when you leave this world, that decision you have to make yourself personally. Because a person, when they leave this world without Jesus... will stand in front of God one day and be judged for their sins. And those people will be sent away to the lake of fire to be tormented forever. On that day they can only blame themselves. There, will, there won't be anyone to point the finger out to blame. The blame is going to rest squarely on their shoulders. You see, here's what Jesus says about, it, about this matter. This is what Jesus says about it. In John 5, 39 and 40, he says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And then in John 8, 24, he said, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. You know, I thought about this for two weeks. I prayed about it for two weeks and I said, God, why am I bringing this message? And God said, because we have to have our hearts torn in order to go and tell others that they're going to go to hell if we do not share Jesus with them. Our hearts have to be torn. And sometimes God has to tear our heart so that he can mend it back together. Sometimes we have to get to a point in our life where we're down at the bottom because God has torn us and he needs to repair us. And we need to have a a compassion in our life and in our heart to say, you're going to go to hell. People are going to go to hell if I don't tell them about Jesus. We have to be able to tell them if you've never been saved, if you have doubt in your mind, Please look to Jesus and trust Him. Those who simply look in faith are made whole. We need to tell them, look and live. That should be our motto, look and live. Look at Jesus Christ and live. Trust Jesus Christ and live. See, God is on the line this morning. He's on... He's got you you holding. He's waiting for your response to his message. So what are you going to do? Have we told someone that they need to genuinely trust Jesus as their personal Savior? We need to tell someone that you need to be born again by the grace of God. And if we haven't, we need to start. That day is today. Because the word tells us that tomorrow is not promised to anyone and that today is the day of salvation. We cannot give up. We have to go forward. We have to keep marching forward into battle. Last week we heard about the, 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 the spiritual warfare that we're going through. Right? That dirty devil has attacked me all this week because of that message. That dirty lying serpent has come, that dirty lying dragon has come and tried to knock me down all week. But you know what? I trust in Jesus Christ. I trust in Jesus Christ. I can stand on the word of God, and we need to tell other people that they can stand on the word of God, that they can trust in Jesus Christ, that they can go to heaven and not have to go to the torment of hell. We need to stand up as a people of God and say, you and I can go to heaven together, but you have to trust Jesus. Jesus loves you. The love of God is evident in this world, and we need to show the love of God, because the Bible says that we're, Sin abounds, grace abounds much more, amen? And this country is full of sin and the grace of God is nothing but flowing through this, through this entire country and it is our duty to share the love of Jesus Christ with everyone at every moment that we have an opportunity. Because church, we're failing if we're not. We're failing if we are not sharing the love of Jesus. Why do we come to church if we're not gonna share the love of Jesus? Why are we going to be selfish and just keep it for ourselves and not share the love of Jesus? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We have to take a moment of reflection. We have to reflect in our own life. Where do I stand? Seriously, where do I stand? For those of us that are saved, maybe we should get into the presence of the Lord this morning. Maybe we should thank Him that when He called, we answered the phone. When he called, we waited on the line for the important message from God. When he called, that message changed our life. Maybe we should take time to get in the presence of the Lord. Maybe we should take time to praise his name that that day when he called, we didn't hang up. And if we don't know Jesus maybe we should come up and ask him into our life it's as important as if you want to go to the store today to buy milk because your kids need it you don't hesitate your kids need it you scrounge up the money any way you can to go to the store to buy the milk because it's a need maybe we need to not even hesitate to get into the presence of God you know we don't spend enough time at the altar churches don't spend time at the altar anymore like they used to I think we need to change that here. I think we need to spend more time at the altar. We've got to learn how to be grateful for the things that God has done for us. Because earlier I asked how many can say God is good. Everybody said amen. Amen then we have an opportunity to come to the altar. We won't come. Jesus is always just a prayer away. And he's saying today, I love you with an everlasting love. And there's people in this room that have been saved for a long time. We've got so much to be grateful for. Maybe there's somebody here that doesn't know Jesus and wants to. The altar's open. We need to take a time just lift up the name of Jesus today. If you want more of Jesus in your life, come to the altar. If you want more of Jesus in your life, come to the altar. If you want Jesus in your life, come to the altar. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Conrad, will you put that scripture back up on the on the board on the screen? You put that scripture back up on the screen. John 3 16. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, one more time. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life amen how many believe it how many believe it amen now uh Con- brother conrad put up romans 10 8 and 9 or romans 10 9 and 10 romans 10 9 and 10 what does it say It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen? Praise the Lord. Somebody lift up the name of Jesus. Come on. Lift up the name of Jesus. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? Because he loves you and he loves me. Because of the love of God, we have life and life in abundance. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody just say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we glorify you for this day. We thank you for the word that has been presented, Lord. And as I just asked, Lord, that everyone here, as they walk out these doors, can say, Lord, how can I apply that message to my life? And I ask that you would just move in the lives of every person here. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And with that, you are dismissed today. God bless you so much. We love you guys. And we'll see you next week. Remember, invite somebody. We have a guest speaker next week. Amen.